Hello, and welcome to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is your one-stop shop for all things nutrition, fitness, and mindset. Our goal is to help you make fitness and nutrition a part of your life, not your whole life. We discuss a variety of topics, including faith, self-awareness, sustainability and consistency, training programs, grocery store navigation, and how to enjoy your favorite foods without guilt or remorse. There is a lot of noise out there in the world of health and fitness, so we're here to provide real, reliable, and practical answers and recommendations that will keep you moving forward on your journey. My wife Ashley and I are your hosts, and please do not hesitate to reach out on social media to say hello, ask questions, or comment on this week's episode. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Right, welcome back. This is episode 136, and I am here with Ash. I am no longer by myself. She said that the podcast had been lacking in recent <laughs> weeks, and so she felt it needed something to spice it up, and she decided to hop back on the mic. That's a lie. I mean, I'm just saying. I would not be the person that I recommend to spice things up. Our downloads were down last month, and then all of a sudden, now you're back on the show, so... I'm just taking that as you passive aggressively saying <laughs> it needed it needed to kick it up a notch. Well, I'm glad to be back. All right, so we're here today and what are we talking about? We're talking about what it takes to get lean slash really like the cost of getting lean, I should say. Hmm. So interesting. What do yeah. you So I guess we're gonna get into what exactly that means, but where do you wanna start in this conversation? So I want to start with talking about what a quote-unquote healthy level of body fat is for an individual. So for men, it's anywhere between, I mean, and these are pretty big ranges, but 11 to 22% women between 22 and 33% body fat. Um, now, I feel like there's two very common misconceptions here. Number one being like with a few small changes to your diet and exercise routine, you'll be able to see your abs and have like the nicest butt, um, basically like look what you see in magazines. Uh, and then the... Who's looking at magazines nowadays? <laughs> I mean, at the grocery store, they're still up like in the aisle. Yeah, but those are like the ones that I check out that you're like, those are all fucking shit. No one picks those up, do they? I don't know. Let us know. Do you listen? Do you watch magazines? Yeah, let watch? us know. Do, do you, you just gawk over people on Instagram or do you gawk over people in magazines too? I'm honestly, now that you say that, I'm surprised magazines still are in, like still ha are a thing. It's because when people like in our parents' generation were 27, they subscribed to like People Magazine. No, I know. And it's, imp it's like impossible to cancel it, so they've never canceled it. <laughs> yeah. Do you think eventually they'll like, by the time we're old, do you think they'll be gone? Uh, no, I think they'll still be around when we're old. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, so basically look like what you see in magazines. And then the second misconception is getting healthy or losing weight involves like massive, painful sacrifice and restriction. Both of those things, not true. 
So I want to discuss really like what what is true. The process that helps you lose the first 10 ish pounds, it's not the same process that's going to help you lose the last 10 pounds. Typically, like the leaner that you get, the more work slash the more changes that you are going to have to make. Um, And if you are aspiring to be extremely lean, like a fitness model or bodybuilder, someone that you see on a magazine, you'd be surprised that these individuals, they don't look lean all the time. Um, A lot of their images are photoshopped or they only look like that during competition. Um, And just know like achieving that level of leanness comes at a really high cost. And that's what the majority of today's episode is going to be. Do you have anything to add there? I feel like you have obviously more experience in the bodybuilding community than I do. No, I just think to, to relate it to like fitness specifically, we always tell people, Hey, the first six weeks, eight weeks, three months, are going to be awesome because you're going to get better every day that you come in the gym. You're going to feel stronger. You're going to ha- develop better mechanics, all of these things. And that's very similar to like losing the first 10 pounds. The first 10 pounds are going to come much easier. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the strategy or the process for those first 10 pounds is different than the last 10. It's just like after you've gotten those initial like quote unquote newbie gains, mm-hmm. it's much harder to start getting better results and achieving more PRs, et cetera, when you've been training for a year, five years, 10 years. The longer you train, the harder it is to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, newbie gains are the best. Um, And then lastly, this kind of goes into that second misconception about losing weight involving like a ton of sacrifice, a ton of restriction. If you're just looking to be somewhat lean and really just overall healthy, small changes can add up to like noticeable improvements over time. So remember that as well. Um, Anything else to add there? No, keep rolling. Okay. So basically, again, what I really wanted to chat about in on today's episode was what it really takes to achieve that super lean look that a lot of people think that they want. So I'm talking like men below 6% body fat, women below 16%. And I don't what what's the lowest body fat you've ever been? Well, so that's another thing you'll hear people say that they are at like especially bodybuilders. And and I'm talking amateur bodybuilders. The pros are obviously much different. They're taking a lot of different drugs. But you'll hear a lot of amateur bodybuilders say, like, I was 3 or 4% when I was on stage. Mm-hmm. They probably weren't. In order to get down to 3 to 4%, you have to be on drugs. You have to be at a state of complete dehydration. You have to be at an unachievable level of, like, I don't want to say fitness because it's not fitness, but an unachievable and a definitely an unmaintainable yeah, body composition. You, It just takes so much work that for the average human, it's not going to be physically possible. Most people at their leanest, even if they were competing in a bodybuilding show, if they're an amateur bodybuilder, were probably around 5 to 6%. Mm. In order to get below that, it really, I would say for 99% of the population, it's impossible. You need drugs. Yeah, you're going to need drugs. You're going to need <laughs> clenbuterol. You're going to need uh, testosterone. You're going to need actual anabolic steroids gotcha but 
with both of those percentages, because most people listening will say, well, what's 6%, what's 6 or 16%, what do those look like? For men, if you're 6% body fat, you can clear, you have clearly visible abs. You probably have some striations in your serratus, which is like the muscles that wrap around your ribs on the side of your body. You can probably see some striations in your shoulders uh, during certain movement patterns. You're just going to be much, obviously, leaner, but you're going to appear like it's going to appear that your skin is thinner mm. because there's literally less adipose tissue underneath of it. Mm. So for men, that's really what it's looking like. Really lean shoulders, striations. You're definitely going to see your abs. You're likely just going to have that physique that a lot of men want to pursue. Mm -hmm. And then for women, if you're below 16, again, you're like it's not, that's like a little bit more wiggle room than men. Yeah, you're for women below 16. You're going to be lean, but are you going to have like a six pack? Probably not. You're probably going to see visible like lines for your abs, yeah. but you're not going to have a shredded six pack. You're not going to have like striations in your ass. You're just going to look like a very fit, muscular individual yeah. who who trains and who eats properly. Yeah. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. Not like a CrossFit Games athlete. Yeah. They're at 12%, 10% sometimes. Um, okay. That's all I really had to add there. Okay. So basically, um, I don't even know. Oh, because I asked you what your lowest was, but we'll get into that. Oh, yeah. I didn't say it. Technically, when they measured it, do they which, measure it at competition? No, I asked them to. Like, oh. I ha I had somebody do it oh. outside of that with line calipers, so it was skin folds, which line calipers are the highest grade caliper you can buy. And when they did that, I came back at four percent. I wasn't four percent body fat. There's no it. I just don't believe that. Yeah. Plus, skin fold calipers, even with the best ones, I think the error is like plus or minus three and a half percent. Might even be higher than that. Might be five or seven percent. So. There's definitely a lot of wiggle room there. Okay. Yeah, I think my lowest with skin fold calibers was like 15%. Um, but okay, getting back to what it takes to achieve that super lean look. Basically, you are going to have to make your own food and measure every meal down to the last gram. Um, food is generally going to be very plain, meaning like a lean protein, steamed veggies, plain potatoes or rice, etc. Basically what you think of as like boring or like a bodybuilder's, uh, diet. Um, you're most likely, not most likely to be this lean. You will not eat out at restaurants. Um, you have to stick with your workout routine, no matter how tired you are. You may have to train two to three times a day, even, um, you are going to have to prioritize sleep and recovery, which means honestly not having much of a social life. And there may be times where you don't think straight because you're always tired. You're always hungry and your whole life is going to revolve around making food, dieting, training, and basically recovery. Um, and honestly for women, you may end up with amenorrhea. I can never say this word, am amenorrhea, <laughs> basically losing your period. Um, men, male or female, low sex drive, disordered eating, and just basically social isolation. And oftentimes we are sacrificing our health at this point. Yeah. Before we go into our experiences with it, I think that last point is just really important to emphasize because there is a point on that spectrum where instead of moving the needle further and further towards optimal health, you can reach that point and then absolutely the needle can start falling back in the opposite direction mm -hmm. because when you do pursue this level of, of body composition, 
you are sacrificing a lot of not only like nutrient dense foods and variety in your diet, which obviously helps gut health and, and other factors, but you're training more frequently. So you're putting your body in a, in a potential state of either overreaching or overtraining. Your recovery is lacking. Your cognitive abilities are going to decline. So it definitely is something that can push you in the wrong direction. Yeah, absolutely. So what what's your experience with like you said you were at one point maybe around four percent obviously really really low body fat um no matter what the actual number was like what's your experience with that yeah so to a quick synopsis my experience was competing in amateur bodybuilding so i was at slipper rock university in undergrad and i decided to compete in their bodybuilding show which they host every year and in order to do so, obviously, it needed to ensure that I was training properly leading into that year I was going to compete, as well as making sure that I was eating in a way that I needed to eat in order to achieve that level of leanness. So training-wise, I was training probably... I was training twice a day. I was doing cardio in the morning I was for about an hour, and then I was going to the gym in the evenings and training for probably another two hours. Um the diet was extremely regimented. Even in the very beginning, I was fortunate. I was relatively lean to begin with. I was probably around 10 or 12% when I started the diet. And so I could shorten that time span in which I had to consume a very regimented like nutritional plan. And so I did it for 10 weeks. So even for the initial weeks, I still had to weigh and measure every gram of food that I consumed. I was monitoring how much sodium I was taking in. I was being very aware of everything in regards to nutrition. And then as it got closer and closer to the competition, that's when you really had to start, like you said, dialing everything in and really being meticulous and start sacrificing overall health and just sanity in general to make it a reality. So we did carry our food around everywhere we went. We had every meal prepared and pre-packaged into Tupperware containers. Like you're talking about bringing it to parties, right? Yeah, I remember. I'll never forget. I remember I was at Clarion University visiting my friend and we went to a party and in my backpack, I didn't have any alcohol. I wasn't drinking, but in my backpack, I had two containers and <laughs> one was a shaker bottle with protein, oats, and almonds all like in it together and then the Ew. other, I didn't like have oh, the almonds okay. in the mix. They were just in there. And then the other was a container of egg whites, just straight egg whites in a Tupperware container. And at the party, cooked, they were cooked. Okay. At the party, I went into the kitchen and warmed them up in the microwave <laughs> and then walked around the party eating them because I was eating every two to three hours and it needed to be those foods. And eventually, you know, I got to the point where I was looking the way I wanted to look, but at that point, in order to truly look the way you see like fitness models, people who compete in these competitions, then you have to start messing with sodium intake and hydration and taking diuretics and monitoring how much glucose and carbohydrates you're consuming the hours leading into the event. And it just becomes very unhealthy in a way because you're taking a supplement or a drug to dehydrate you, to eliminate water from your body so that your skin becomes thinner and you can see more striations. And then you're also messing with your sodium, which if you do that too aggressively or you do that too frequently, it can really mess up other 
systems within your body. So overall, it was a great experience just to have the knowledge and help me understand and communicate with people what it takes to get to that level of, I don't know, let's just call it five or 6% body fat. Maybe it was more, maybe it was less and help them to understand it's not worth those sacrifices that you're making to achieve that. Because I only looked like that for three hours. Mm-hmm. I looked like that for the show in the morning, which was an hour. And then I looked like that in the show for the show in the evening, which was like an hour and a half. And then the next day you've likely binged on a bunch of food, which you should not do probably consumed various drinks and alcohol that you shouldn't have consumed immediately after something like that. And your body weight is going to skyrocket the next day just due to water retention, as well as consuming all those carbohydrates when you're so depleted, your body's going to absorb that as well. And so it was a cool experience because I won the show, like my weight class, and it was really rewarding for all the hard work you put in. But it's also a very, I'd say like, I don't want to say dangerous, but it's a very slippery slope in terms of trying to achieve that again or considering that. Yeah, or maybe even a slippery slope to like disordered eating. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can definitely get in disordered eating, a hundred percent. Most, I think, recently, I think I saw a post from uh, Ben Carpenter, who, and I believe he was saying that in a recent study they found out of this group of physique competitors that thirty, what was it? No, sixty percent showed signs of disordered eating like following their competitions and 34% actually had eating disorders and like another 17% of that 34% like were seeking help to help wow. alleviate their their disorder. So it's definitely very prevalent within that community. Yeah, honestly I'm not surprised. Um, What's your experience? I mean mine's way less drastic. Um I feel like mine was just I did track all my food we were really only going out to eat not even once a week probably at that point it was we were going out to eat probably a few times a month um I definitely experienced quick newbie gains when I started CrossFit that's the leanest that I've ever been um so like those I guess when like I started not when I first started CrossFit but like when I like really started to train like well like I wanted to compete Um, so I was training three to four hours every day. Um, and trying to think if there was like really anything else. I feel like besides tracking everything, I, like I can vividly remember sitting at a stoplight on Pitt's campus and like weighing out my yogurt before, um, eating it and then weighing it out after to make sure that the label was actually correct. Like don't please don't ever do that (laughs) um but I'm trying to think anything else that you can remember that I did no I just remember you were very transfixed on like hitting your macros perfectly and your life started to kind of revolve around you were always on your phone because you were always on my fitness pal and I think that's the biggest I mean I even said to you that's what triggered the whole thing as I said to you like you're becoming too obsessed with these macronutrients yeah and you need to stop yeah yeah um and I don't I don't like I might have been able to achieve that level of leanness I wasn't doing those things because I like because I was competing in bodybuilding like I didn't need to get that lean but it does get very addicting like whether it's just looking in the mirror looking at pictures or just 
um, like that gratification you get from others. So I think that's really like where I started to go downhill. Yeah. And I think overall with anyone, not just in our experience, this definitely happened to me and I know it's happened to you, but a big thing that starts to occur, even if like you might be someone listening who's single, who isn't too worried about like having to train more frequently, carry around food, prep food, weigh and measure everything. But eventually it's going to start to seep into your social life outside of, you know, your little bubble. And no one wants to be that guy or gal, at least not their whole for an extended period of time that won't eat a slice of pizza, that Mm -hmm. won't have a piece of birthday cake, that won't go out for ice cream with their family or who won't have a beer at happy hour. Eventually those things will catch up with you. I mean, I didn't care for a long time, but eventually it hits you that, wow, I'm really sacrificing a lot of memories just for the sake of not consuming X, Y, and Z foods because I'm worried that I might not be able to see one more striation the next day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's definitely something to, to consider is, are you able to live a happy and fulfilling life while pursuing something like that? And for most people, the answer is no, because they associate a happy and fulfilling life with spending time with their friends and family, going out, creating memories and experiences, a lot of which revolve around food and drinks. And that's absolutely fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that lifestyle and you don't have to associate everything in your life especially like enjoyment, fulfillment, happiness with food and drink. But those just tend to be the center of a lot of these experiences and events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's important. Anything else with that level of leanness that you wanted to chat about? Uh, No, the only thing I forgot to mention was like the types of foods I was eating back then. It was exactly what you had described. A lot of what everybody thinks when they think bodybuilding, grilled chicken, broccoli, rice, And then as things got closer and closer, we started boiling our chicken. We started steaming all of our vegetables and it got, basically foods got plainer and plainer and plainer to make sure that there was no, like no additional ingredients in the preparation of it to remove any like additional sodium that might be in it. Are you kidding? No. And I don't even know if any of that's legitimate. That's just what our coach told us to do. Huh. Now I want to look into that. Yeah. I honestly couldn't tell you. It was gym science most likely. (laughs) That's it interesting um any other foods (laughs) that sounds so delicious no it's just a lot of plain protein and a lot of uh veggie veggies and some sweet potato if we were lucky so your treat you're saying was a sweet potato basically (laughs) yeah Yeah, i i that's we're gonna talk about questions to ask yourself to me i don't think i could do it Okay, now it. let's let's shift gears here okay. to something that's more realistic. So yeah. if someone was trying to go from a relatively lean state to an even leaner state, so maybe not trying to pursue, you know, 6% body fat, but maybe like 10 to 14% body fat for a guy and maybe 20 to 24% for a chick, what was, what are some things that they might need to do in order to actually start to see or achieve that goal? Yeah. So I think this is a lot more people can probably relate to this. Um, I know a lot of our clients are like in this boat, but increasing the amount of exercise and or just like daily movement. So thinking um, four to six exercise sessions per week, they're probably most likely going to be 45 to 60 minutes per session aiming for eight to 10,000 steps per day just to make sure that you are 
overall moving, not just working out for an hour and sitting down for the rest of the day. Um, most likely just eating a lot of whole foods like vegetables, lean proteins. Uh, like I said, just choosing those whole foods the majority of the time. You may want to do a bit more meal prepping just to make it easier on yourself. Definitely still prioritizing rest and recovery. I think a big one that people may not want to give up, um, but is really important when you are trying to get leaner is just drinking less alcohol. Um, and so that may mean just like learning to navigate social situations a bit differently. And then along the same lines with those whole foods, just eating fewer processed foods slash desserts or treats, whatever you want to call it. And limiting the amount of times that you are eating out at a restaurant and just making sure that like you're not actually you're not eating unless you're like physically hungry. So you're not emotionally eating um, and anything else there. I would just say a couple things. Well, really only one additional point to add and then I'll go into my other thought is you're going to be hungry between meals. Yes. You're eating in a caloric deficit. You're going to experience hunger. It shouldn't be so much hunger that like the pangs make you like debilitate you. Yeah. But it should be if you're trying to achieve that level and get there. I'm not saying maintain that level. I'm saying get to that level and then you can reverse into maintenance. But to get to that level, you are going to experience hunger. There's yes. no way around if it. If you're not hungry, you're not in a deficit. Right. Uh, and then I would say also this is likely where most of you listening want to be when we talk to most people and they talk about seeing body composition change, you know, just improving their aesthetic, their physique, what they see when they look in the mirror, they usually have an image in their head. And most of those images are somewhere in this range. The men are 10 to 14%, which as a guy, you look fit. When you take your shirt off, you feel confident and you're still comfortable, but you don't have a shredded six pack. You might be able to see some of your abs, but you're not yeah, you shredded. You just look like a fit individual that has a good physique. Mm-hmm. Ladies, they're going to look really good in a bikini. They're going to likely be confident in their skin. They're going to be lean to where they don't feel like when they're putting on jeans, like they have anything hanging over them or anything like that. Cause we hear that all the time. They're going to have that body that when they look at other people, they say, I wish I could look like that. Mm-hmm. So I would say this is where most people are trying to, move toward when they're getting into any kind of diet Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely anything else on that i think the last thing i'll say is that level is still realistic that level you can maintain and still be a normal human you know those levels that we're describing but you still have to make some sacrifices you still have to make some sacrifices but it's not like it was in the previous phase where we were talking about the extreme leanness at 10 to 14%, 20 to 24% for the women, you can live a somewhat normal life. You can indulge in that piece of birthday cake, mm-hmm. that beer after work, et cetera. They just can't become consistent pieces of your lifestyle. Yeah. They're the one-off occasions where you hop right back into you know, your, your activities of daily living, your lifestyle, your nutrition, your training. You hop right back in the next day. It's something something that carries on for days or weeks at a time. Yeah, I was going to say along those same lines, like I feel like at this level of leanness, it truly does have to be like your lifestyle. Don't you think? Yeah, it's definitely your lifestyle. I mean, I'm in this range now. I would say I'm probably like somewhere around 10%. (laughs) But you have a a baby. (laughs) 
but for me, like I'm somewhere around 10% now, I would guess. And do I eat perfectly? Hell no, not by any means. But I do move a lot throughout the day. I do hydrate well. I make sure that I'm getting three quality meals throughout the day. I am obviously training. And so I'm living a lot of the pieces that you need to in order to maintain that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not trying to be the freak fitness guy. And also a side note on that is if you're listening to this thinking, well, I don't care what they say. I still want to be 6% or 12% for the girls. I'm just letting you know now from experience, not only for myself, but hundreds of other people, no one gives a shit if you're that lean. So if you're doing it strictly for you, that's great. If it's something you just want to achieve and like check it off the list, cool. But that level of leanness will not make you more desirable to the opposite sex. It will not impress anyone. It will not change the confidence you have in yourself, most likely, or even your body image that that you, your personal body image, how you see yourself. All it's going to do is require a lot of time and a lot of sacrifice, but likely nothing will change. And I promise no one gives a shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that actually goes right into our final point of the podcast today of like asking yourself the question, is it worth it? When you ask yourself that like clarity, it is essential with literally any change. And first, you do have to figure out your goals and your priorities. Um, next deciding what you're willing to do like right now in order to serve those goals and priorities and really ask yourself like how often, how consistent, how willing are you to do those things, to make those changes and truly ask yourself like, what aren't you willing to do right now and why? And I feel like a lot of that goes back to what you just said with is like, you have if you're going to get that level of leanness or just get any leaner you have to be doing it for you because like you said no one cares (laughs) yeah seriously no one does and if you if you start getting too wrapped up in that then you start placing your identity and how you look and how lean you are and then that's when you start to develop body dysmorphia and eating disorder and all kinds of it's like the gateway to a lot of bad behaviors and and poor mindset and it's not a road you want to go down so we're here to tell you right now it doesn't matter if you're a guy and you think a six-pack matters it doesn't Mm -hmm. if you're a girl and you think you have to have the perfect ass and nice legs and zero like quote-unquote fluff on your stomach you don't guys don't actually give a shit girls don't actually give a shit they care way more about who you are and what you value so don't you allow just that. Be healthy. <laughs> yeah. You just need to be a healthy individual and everything else will follow. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Is that it? I think that's it. All right. We're wrapping this one up. Well, hopefully that conversation provided some insight, just gave you maybe some peace of mind or felt that it gave you the affirmation you needed along your journey. Let us know if there's anything else you want us to to discuss along these lines. We're more than happy to do so on another episode. You can hit us up at hello at trainballistic.com via email, or you can send us a DM on Instagram at ballistic.performance. But as always, we appreciate you so much and we will catch you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, 
Ash and I just want to take a moment to express our thanks and gratitude. We are so incredibly blessed to have your support, and we could not continue to show up week in and week out if it were not for you. If you enjoy what you hear in this channel, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. Lastly, if you don't follow us across all of our other social media accounts, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Our handles are either ballistic.performance or ballistic performance across all of those platforms. Or you can check us out online at trainballistic.com. Again, we appreciate and love you so much, and we hope you have a fantastic week.